Thanks to a record voter turnout in this year's election, it's going to take a little longer to call a winner in certain federal and local races. Provisional and absentee ballots voted by mail just take longer to count. But that's okay. It's a sign that our democracy is working. And we should all agree, every voter should have their voice heard and vote counted. To learn more about the ballot counting process and what your community is doing to count every vote and make sure every vote counts, this election, visit ncvoter.org. That's ncvoter.org. Paid for by Democracy North Carolina. Hi, it's Melissa Moore. Welcome to Mile High Magazine. Happy to have you with us on this Sunday. Looking forward to conversation today with Kevin Peterson. We've talked to him numerous times. Always love the conversations. Kevin Peterson from the Chronic Hope Institute. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Melissa. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. Good to talk with you. And I know today we're going to talk about domestic violence. Last month, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Let's kind of really talk about the simplicity and start with that what is domestic violence? And that, that is a great question because, you know, it's a more complex answer than you think it is. There's actually about six different kinds of domestic violence. The first one is what everybody knows. It's the, is the physical abuse, you know, right. the, the overpowering someone you know, de- and denying someone medical care, forcing them to use drugs and alcohol, hitting, that sort of thing. Yep. Then the next one is sexual abuse, which is coercing or attempting to coerce any sexual contact or behavior without consent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then the next one is emotional abuse, which is undermining an individual's sense of self-worth and self-esteem. So it's just like, you know, criticizing, belittling, going after them, name calling. The gaslighting um, too, correct? Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what that would be. Yeah. Yep. And and then economic abuse, this is really, this is a big deal right here, oh. is con- controlling or restraining someone's ability to acquire or use, maintain economic resources, meaning controlling their ability to get access to money and purchase things. So, you know, it's when one person has all the power mm-hmm. and doesn't allow the other person to, to buy anything, shop, do anything without their control and consent. Wow. Um, I have never heard of economic abuse. Yeah. And then the last two is physical, uh, psychological abuse which right. is, you know, the intimidation, threatening physical harm, or I'm going to hurt the kids, or I'm going to hurt somebody else if you don't do what I tell you to. Um, and then here's the one that really caught me, and I have to tell you, I, did, I wasn't aware of this, that this was classified as domestic violence, is technological abuse. Oh. Yeah. And it's it's any, any pattern of behavior that is intended to harm, threaten, control, stalk, harass, impersonate, exploit, extort, or monitor wow. another person through technology. How about that? Huh? Well, I mean, I've been through it. I mean, I went through emotional abuse and technology, but I didn't realize technology that it had a term. Yeah. And I mean, you hear the term like what we hear in the therapy world. We hear the term a lot. um, And and that'd be a little cringy, but it's like, you know, it's when somebody has pictures of you that you don't want anybody else to see. Yeah. The the revenge pictures. Yeah. The revenge porn is what they've called it. Yeah, exactly. Revenge porn and that sort of thing. Um, and so it's really sort of got its own classification, which is um, good, right? It's yeah. good that that's there, but it's it's really sad that that's, that's where that goes and that's what has to happen. Yeah. Well, and it's sad, too, that there are so many different types of domestic violence, types of abuse that we've had to put them into so many different categories. Yeah. You know, I mean, it really is. And it's, it's, it's just, it's the whole, I mean, you know, it's interesting, you know, domestic violence and everything along those, all the, all the different categories that we talked about are all about power and control, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's what it really comes down to is that the person that is perpetrating onto the other person, you know, the perpetrator and the victim 
it's really, it's all about power and control and domination and dictating behavior. Right, right, right. Absolutely it is. And I had a therapist one time say to me that sometimes it is easier to treat the physical domestic violence over the psychological or the emotional, that that's that's even more difficult to treat. You know, that's the absolute truth. And and we're going to, that's going to lead us into a a conversation about trauma. Um, But but when you talk about something where someone is physically being abused, it, it almost feels easier because it's easy to identify right. and understand. And you're like, oh, right, I get it. You know, I mean, it, I don't like it, but I get it. Sure. And it's, e- it's easy for me to acknowledge and understand that that was abuse and I need to respond to that and I need to get help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when you start talking about the emotional and the psychological abuse, the challenge becomes that here's the pattern that, that gets laid in. And this is the really dangerous part. The psychological abuse, the person that's being abused starts to think that's normal. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't understand that that behavior is not normal and that it's unacceptable. So when, when a therapist or even a friend or a family member says, hey, I want you to understand you're accepting unacceptable behavior. They're like, well, what do you mean? I don't right. know any different. I think this is normal. Isn't this a normal, loving relationship? And that's the challenge of, of dealing with that side of the abuse. Absolutely. And I think yeah. people sometimes in those relationships where it's not physical abuse don't even realize it's abuse, it is domestic violence, and that it is going to lead to trauma. Absolutely. And it also, you know, the thing is, too, and this is very much like our conversations previously about addiction, is that domestic violence also tends to be a generational concept. You know, it it tends to be something that someone witnessed, you know, even the perpetrator may have witnessed it, that this is what the relationship, the home life, the child life, their life as a kid was. Mm -hmm. And so they think it's normal. And and then the the, the victim probably came from a similar environment on some level and is also like, oh, well, you know, okay, sure. You know, that you'll hear them literally say things like, oh, I deserve that. Yeah. You know, that was that was was my fault. And it's like, no, 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 no. Right. That's not your fault. Right. Well, and it goes back to that picking what you know, sometimes when you're young and you're looking for a partner. Yeah. And then it also, then you get, you also get cycled into this concept of, I'd rather have a bad relationship than no relationship. I don't, I don't, which I don't think people wake up in the morning and think, gee, I really, I would rather be abused than be alone. Right. I think, I think it's, it's a subconscious behavior pattern of, I don't want to be left alone. Or, you know, in the case of situations where, like we talked about with the economic abuse, it's like, I can't leave. Yes. Yeah. I have no resources. Yep. Yep. I've heard, I've heard that from a lot of women. Yep. Absolutely. And, 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 and yes, and believe it or not, it happens to men as well. Right. And I, and I do want to acknowledge that because that is very true. And we don't talk about that near as often. Well, you know, because there's all sorts of stigma, right? Sure. You know, men saying that they've been there, whether, whether it's a, a, heterosexual or homosexual relationship, whether they're being abused, it's, it's, you know, as a man, you can't say that sort of thing. It's, oh my God, what's wrong with you? You know, and, and there's, there's just, there's layer upon layer upon layer of stuff there. Yeah, there sure is. Well, let's talk, we've touched a little bit about the trauma and we've thrown that word around, but when we hear the term trauma, what is it? What are we talking about here? Well, here, so here's, this is kind of the clinical term. Okay. There's three kinds, there's three main types of trauma, acute, chronic, and complex. So acute trauma is like a one-time incident. Like let's, let's just say like a, like a car accident, you know, or, or you witness, you know, you watch a car accident, you see somebody get hit. That could be trauma mm-hmm. or, or you get assaulted, physically assaulted, or you get hit by a car, but it's a one-time thing. Sure. Okay. 
And then chronic is repeated and prolonged. That's what we're talking about in domestic violence and abuse. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then complex trauma is exposure to varied and multiple traumatic events. Um, generally, what we call them is invasive and interpersonal. So, so it can be complex trauma can be not just the physical. It can like all those the six categories. It's getting all six of those on a repeated, consistent environment. Mm. And and here's the other thing that we talk about in our world, in the therapeutic world. We we have what we call big T trauma and little T trauma. Huh, and, okay. You know what I will what will happen as a therapist is we get folks that come in and say, oh, I don't have any trauma. And here's the thing. I want to be clear with you. Everybody has trauma. Yeah. You know, there's no such thing. Sure. Um, and but but that's because they're thinking of big T trauma. I've never been to war. Um, I've never been assaulted. I've never, you know, witnessed a murder. I've never seen those things. Mm. I get it. But that's not what we're talking about. That's a very small category, a percentage of the trauma people were talking about. The little T trauma is more focused upon the day-to-day -day stuff. You know, as a child, did you see your parents fight? Did you get picked on? Um, you know, did you, you know, did you fall down off a jungle gym? You know, but little stuff like that, those things accumulate. And that's that we call that that's trauma as well. We call it little T trauma. Mm -hmm. And there, it's just as valid. It's just, sure. it's just as valid. And there's a great study done by the CDC, um, Kaiser Permanente and Emory University called the ACE study. You can Google it and go up on the CDC website and what we do, like when everyone comes in to see me, I put them through a, a survey where I give them their ACE score. Mm. And it tell, And so the interesting thing in the ACE study is it's um, the higher your score, this is really fascinating, the higher your incidence of um, dropping out in school, being incarcerated, pregnancy, teenage pregnancy, addiction, smoking, um, mental health issues, chronic health issues. And, and everybody thinks, wow, all these little, they don't realize all these little things add up yeah. and that di directly affects your life. So you, by doing the ACE study, you're having them look at all the little pieces of trauma and the big pieces of trauma and add them up. Absolutely. And it's, and the thing isn't to, to present to somebody that, oh my gosh, look how, you know, look at what a how hard things are for you, how, how, you know, how much, how much you're struggling. Sure. You know, it's, it's more along the lines of presenting to them like, hey, let me explain to you why these things are happening. Mm. And, and, and now I can show you how to get help. Right. You know, right. And by the way, ACE stands for adverse childhood experiences. Sorry. Oh, I didn't say okay. Okay. I was wondering yeah. what that, so that is really interesting that they've done a study on it and it is it's a drop in the bucket kind of thing where it all starts adding up yep 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 and it's it's one of those things that everybody has trauma on some level no sure. every, every i don't care who you are you know and and and, uh, and it's really about learning how how it disrupts your emotional growth, your physical growth, and your mental health and your mental well being. So fascinating, and I'm sure that's good information for you as a therapist to say. Okay, now we can deal with it. Oh gosh, it, it's it's one of those things where when you start talking to someone and and they start telling you their story, I always tell people just talk, just talk about anything you want to talk about. I don't care, just talk mm -hmm. because you're what I look at you is you're a jigsaw puzzle. The more you talk, mm -hmm. the more pieces of the puzzle I get. Yep. And and I start fitting the pieces together. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, yep. OK, now I get it. Yeah. You know? And and that tells me, oh, OK, this is what we need to do. You yep. know? Yeah. All right. So, so somebody's gone through domestic violence. Maybe they're yep. still in the thick of it. Uh, what and, and you see that as a family member, as a friend, or maybe you're the person themselves. What can they do to get help? 
Well, so the first thing I always tell people is, um, you know, there's some basics that you want to do. If some, if, if your if your friend comes to you and says, "Hey, I'm, I'm, str- I'm you know, something's happening and I need help," right? You, you want to listen. Just listen. You know, and that's that's the number one thing we always just listen and then 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 offer support. Let them know they're not alone and that you're going to help them find a solution. Mm-hmm. You know. And then provide resources. The number one resource is is the domestic violence hotline website. It's it's literally called thehotline.org. Oh, okay. And that's the national domestic violence. And you you punch into that website, and it literally says, you know, the first thing that comes up is it's a security alert. Um, don't worry about the fact that you're looking on the internet. This will not this will not come up on your search history. Oh, interesting. Nobody will know. Okay. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. And and then. Um, it also says, uh, you know, here's punch in your zip code. You can, but you can also call, chat, or text, and you'll get immediate support and immediate help right away. Oh, that is awesome! And I know the text feature is huge, especially for women that or men that are in a situation where you can't have your significant other hearing you on the phone. Nope, exactly, one hundred percent. And that's why they do it this way. This is the National Domestic Violence Hotline, um, and it's thehotline.org, and and that's really that's the number one place to go anywhere in the country. And you can first of all, someone will respond to you right away. Mm-hmm. And you can also punch in where you live and you'll get resources. Right. And I think that is a, that is such a huge thing for folks to know. And I know you also offer help because, I mean, the trauma can linger for years. Yes. And there's all sorts of different treatments for trauma um, that uh, including, you know, there's there's traditional uh, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. There's also somatic therapies, which are well, that means it's like a body centered therapy mm-hmm. because it turns out the trauma lives in your brain and it lives in your body. Yes. It like stays inside you. Yes. Um, so you can talk it out, but you're also probably going to have to do some body work, some breath work and to probably work to get that uh, to help you with that. And then the other big piece right now is what we call EMDR, Yes, which is, you know, eye movement desensitization reintegration. And it's it was it was came on the scene about 30 or 40 years ago. And and back then it was considered kind of like, what's this crazy nonsense? Yeah. And it has now become the standard for trauma therapy. Yeah. There's so much about the brain we don't understand. And but to be able to get one tool like this and and, and we that we do have some folks in our facility that offer it at the Chronic Hope Institute. And um, we also have some folks that do the breath work and the somatic therapy as well. I love hearing that. Yeah, I have a massage therapist friend and her saying as always, your issues are in your tissues. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And it's so Uh true. Uh That is. But it is. It's the absolute truth. There's no questions asked. By the way, the other thing we get a lot as therapists is, oh, yeah, I grew up and this is what happened and blah, 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 blah. But I'm all better. And and it's funny because they're in your office telling you, here are all my problems. But (laughs) that that, that horrible event that happened to me as a child, I'm fine. I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. I got it. (laughs) Okay. So and then, you know, suddenly all of a sudden we're linking those things. It's like, oh. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, it's it's okay. That's we're taught to do that. So we're going to help you unlearn that. Kevin mm-hmm. Peterson, the Chronic Hope Institute for folks that want to get in touch with you and your organization. Where do they need to go? Well, they just go straight to our website, chronichope.us. All and right. We also have an Instagram page. We have Twitter. We have Facebook. You, we are everywhere. You are. Kevin Peterson, always good to talk with you. Thank you for being here on this Sunday afternoon. I'm Melissa Moore for Mile High Magazine. Go out, have a great day, and be kind to everyone.